You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Okay, 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 okay. All right, my friends, we're going to do it here on this episode. Um, it's kind of funny. I Early on in the podcast, I was kind of committed to kind of standing away a little bit from focusing a lot of the content on the metaverse. And from the outside in, it might look at like, hey, like Brian's not like playing in that space or Brian's uh, not paying attention in like the metaverse. But here's the truth. I have a very strong opinion on kind of what, what the metaverse is, what I, I, how I look at this entire um, kind of movement in this space and also have opinion on kind of where it makes sense for all of us to think of it. But I've kind of held off on, on sharing it because I wanted to kind of keep leaning in um, on spending more time on kind of like in the metaverse conversations and circles and you know i have some you know great friends that you know they spend a lot of like their whole time on um on the topic of uh the metaverse but i want to address it here on this episode and you know shout out to the alpha collective uh with the they actually had a, a twitter space on on the topic and i'm an advisor on their on their project um transparently and, and we're gonna have uh joseph uh my good buddy joseph jaffe on uh the podcast very soon and he'll talk a little bit more about that but We've been discussing like kind of, uh, I believe that the title of the Twitter space and the clubhouse room that we did was like, uh, is the metaverse, you know, is it the metaverse real or is it a metaphor? I believe was like the name of it. Right. And before we get into kind of like that part of this conversation, one of the things that I always kind of draw back on is not only like the web one, web two, web three conversation, but also when we look at like digital transformation as a whole, if we look at like kind of the micro moments of digital transformation and what were, you know, we can quote Malcolm Gladwell, right? What was the tipping point, right? What was the, what were the aspects, you know, what was the, uh, you know, wh when did mass adoption happen? What were the like extenuating circumstances that made these things uh, kind of like more of the norm, right? Versus like, like, I mean, anyone remembers like when Apple Pay just rolled out, like, it didn't really even work right and no one's credit card could connect and it almost like was like laughable that we'd be paying for things with our phone. And I will tell you like last summer I went three months without a physical wallet or a physical card and I could buy anything I ever wanted with my phone. I could just, you know, and I still do. I don't, I don't pay for very many things using a physical card or cash. I use Apple pay um, for 99.9% .9 of the things that I, I purchase even to this day, but it didn't, you know, become massively adopted or, you know, accepted uh, until some other things kind of came into play, right? Like not only from my credit cards uh, accepting it, but also on like the way that we started to think about, you know, cash in this, in the world of exchange and, and even in like with a global pandemic, what did that influence? And I say all of that because, oh man, the, the metaverse conversation to me, it can be tied very easily, very easily into like the conversation that we had around like social media 
And like there was people that were like, social media is going to replace all offline marketing and networking, right? There were people that were saying like digital ads will replace the billboards. There were even some people that were saying like e-commerce will make malls and you know brick and mortar stores disappear, right? Or we've we've heard like you know the adages on like um, podcasts going to kill radio, or YouTube's going to kill the TV. There are a lot of people that like to, to kind of. Ha- kind of focus these conversations on a all or nothing type approach. There are also a lot of conversations on big topics like this that people like to use fancy words and very like you know, techie type of uh, approaches to make those that aren't in the space feel like they're out of touch, right? And it's like, I despise that, right? It's like, it's part of like, like at my core, I work really hard to not be that person. So around the metaverse idea, right? Like the, the concept of the metaverse, like it's so funny because like if you go into a room about with like metaverse experts and you bring up like something like Roblox, immediately the discussion comes off on like that's not really the metaverse um, or even like a, you know, a virtual game because it's uh, not decentralized, right? Then you also have conversations around like is it, you know, is the metaverse actually the, the, the you know, the, the actual platforms and vehicles in to the space like like decentraland and sandbox like are those things like when we're when we're using those is that the metaverse there are others that will say like just using twitter spaces or being on discord is technically the metaverse and i i think the the interesting thing about it is there's a couple places we have to think about it right like why does it matter so much to wrap our head around what it is I actually think the conversation needs to be about why the metaverse has become a topic of conversation and why certain people look at that as the future and why others look at that as like make-believe idiots with VR goggles on or like I have the Snapchat spectacles. I used to have Google Glass back in the day uh, when I worked at the data center company that we worked up with. And I think a lot of people like to focus on the what and argue about the what because they don't really. They haven't really. They haven't really figured out the why enough to make that argument, right? So it's a lot of it is about like, well, hey, like this. Pro, this used to be like I, I think this was the the originator of what would be um, a metaverse type experience. Now, for me, and I'm going to share. Remember, this is just my own personal opinion. We're going to have some others that are you know uh, considered metaverse uh, experts. The godmother of the metaverse, uh, Kathy Hackle, will be joining us on the podcast as well. But when I think about the metaverse and when I kind of put it into perspective, for me, it is actually, it's a mindset shift and it's really an evolution that yes, we've been on this evolution for a long while, but it is not about technology or digital replacing the offline world. It is not about becoming less human and more digital. It's actually about this, the, the concept that we are going to value what happens and what exists in the digital landscape as much as we value what happens in the physical world. And what I mean by that is like things like ownership, right? I talk about that a lot with NFTs, right? Like we didn't have, like if, if you couldn't touch it or you like, couldn't like, you know, if there was something you had online, then 
but you there was no way like to prove it offline. There are a lot of people like, well, you don't own that, right? That's not, that's not actually yours, right? And I actually saw a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, TikTok today, and Gary was like, well, the, the argument is like, you know, he's verified on Instagram, but he doesn't walk around the physical world with like a, a blue check mark. But yet his Instagram account is like he owns the fact that he is verified on that social network. So the reason I think this conversation from the why perspective is so important is it's about a shift in mindset to where how can we reimagine where technology and digital can take us without us first giving it equal priority, equal respect, equal trust in our world as we do the physical world, right? And I know for many of us, we've been there, right? Like there are people that I have yet to meet in person ever. I've only met them online that I trust them a hell of a lot more than my next door neighbor right now, right? My next door neighbor and her barking dogs. Oh my goodness. And like, we do not see eye to eye on anything. Like, um, and I don't really know her that well. Cause we've only had like really just like one off conversations. But if you think about it, like I, I, I was able to touch that person, right? Like we were able to shake hands one time. So I should like that person's more valuable relationship than someone that I met on a social media app or we listened to on clubhouse. But we know that's not true, right? We, we know that that's not the case. We also know that when you get to know someone in a physical world, they are much more than their appearance. They are much more than the job that they have. They are much more than the family or being a parent of, their, of the kids or being the daughter or being a sister or a brother. They are, we are very um, you know, eclectic, very deep people individually. And in a weird way, people still believe like authenticity only exists offline. But really, if I, only, if I, if I could not use anything online to get to know somebody that I just met, it's going to take months maybe even like a year for me to run, meet them enough to get to know them enough to get enough scenarios and situations where we're able to talk about things and I'm able to understand a lot of their, their values and the things they believe in. But in digital, many cases I can figure out like, what is your political beliefs? What are your, what are you know, how do you approach, you know, uh, racial discussions? I could talk about like, what is your background? You know, how do you, you know, how do you approach uh, conflict? All of those things, or even like, what are the things that you care the most about, right? What are the things you put in your profile? What are the things you pin uh, to the top of your feed? And so in a way, like I believe I can actually identify and, and really kind of work to understand someone at their authentic core of who they are better online than I can do offline. Now, I'm also the same person that still believes that what we do offline should not be what replaces what we do offline, right? Like nothing will replace the power of like a handshake. Like I believe in human interaction, human connection. I believe as humans, we need to be around each other. We need to be surrounded with each other's energy. I believe serendipity, a lot of these things exist. While at the same time, it's not that what I'm doing online is replacing the need for that, but it is allowing me to do it in ways that the physical world will not let me, right? The amount of people right now that are listening to this podcast that live in countries that I've never been to, and I've been to 76 countries, but I've been to a lot of those countries one time, right? The idea that digital unlocks and removes a lot of the borders, a lot of the limitations um, in the world, like I truly do believe like the true essence of the metaverse is a world where it does not matter your race, your religion, your sexual uh, orientation, your, uh, you know, your political beliefs, that where, wherever you are in the world, 
the metaverse is going to allow you to show up as your most authentic self and have an opportunity to have your voice heard. Now, are people going to listen? I don't know about that, right? But the way that I like to think about this is that a lot of the problems when people are kind of like countering the metaverse conversation is that they're trying to take web two, like, you know, scenarios or situations and put it into a web three world. And like one of them I always laugh about, right, is like just the idea that like, you know, we as humans, we must sleep, we must eat, we must go to the bathroom and we get old. Computers don't need to sleep, don't need to eat. They just need power and they can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If your computer is working more hours, in many cases, it doesn't actually have more wear, you know, wear and tear on that device. And so a lot of the things that we take in from the real world, we're like, well, how are we going to do this in the real world? Eh, that's not the right question. The question is, or the th- way that we should approach this is, okay, what is the problem we're trying to solve? What is it that we believe needs to be identified here? And then let's take it into this digital metaverse, 360 degree arena around us and reimagine what that would be like, right? Reimagine the idea that it doesn't matter what city you live in, that in the, in the United States, let's throw the United States here, it doesn't matter what city you live in, you should, be have, you should be able to have access to the same resources, the same materials, the same um, you know, healthcare, a lot of the things that like, we know that exist, but we know that that isn't the case, right? Because there's a lot of like old school laws and regulation and a lot of what we have to get over is that if we try to drag Web 2 problems to be solved in Web 3, we're going to solve them in Web 3 with Web 2 mindsets. And that's not going to move us forward. In many cases, that's where we're using technology for technology's sake, and I will recommend people not to use tech, right? Like, I'm, I'm someone that, like, I still, like, I'm just, like, to put it out there, like, I'm still one that, like, I prefer to take notes uh, on sticky notes versus writing notes on my iPad, even though I can do it, right? Um, I'm someone that, that firmly uh, believes in the power of virtual events, uh, Twitter and social media, yet I fly around the world to speak at events in person and spend extra days there so I can hang out with people because I believe that human connection is nothing can replace that, right? And so when I look at the metaverse, I don't look at it as we are moving to a time and place where we are more, technology runs more of our world, what I believe is technology is going to be more apparent doing things that we as humans shouldn't need to be doing and that computers can do just fine so that we can have more time to do things that only us as humans can do. Love, be empathetic, be, you know, a lot of these, this idea of like, how do we as humans spend more time doing what we love? I actually think the answer is, we find ways to reimagine the, the problems and the scenarios and solve a lot of this wasted time, wasted uh, you know, things that we have in our lives with technology so we can spend more time with our kids, with our family. Right? Like, I hate the fact that like, my kids have so much homework on a school night that by the time I get to spend any time with them during the week, it's like an hour maybe. Like, I think that's just so sad, right? Because like my work schedule, their amount of school, right? They have to get prepared to school. They got to ride the bus to school. They have to go into the classroom. They have to do all of those things. And I believe kind of like in a metaverse world, like how do we start finding ways to 
you know, remove the need to be in traffic, you know, all the time, right? How do we remove the need for us to be, you know, fly out for physical in-person meetings rather than flying across the country for these like in-person meetings? Let's create environments that replicate what that, what, what it matters to us most at a meeting, right? Like serendipity is one that I've said for a long while. And I know some people thought I made up that word. I didn't make the word up. Serendipity, like the idea of like, uh, I don't know what the official definition of it, but I think of it as like that things happen or you're able to, uh, you know, evolve or kind of walk into scenarios that just occur because you're in like the right place at the right time, right? Like South by Southwest, that event to me is like the most serendipic, I don't even know if that's a word, uh, event I've ever been to, right? Like could be walking down the sidewalk. I run into somebody that isn't that, that I know, but has a music background and they're like, Hey Brian, I'm going to this event. You should go with me. And I go to that event and I go in there and all of a sudden there's like the founder of Uber is sitting across the table from me eating hamburgers. That's actually a real life scenario. That's what happened to me. And I was like, what's the chance that I could be sitting at a table with the found, the original founder of Uber eating hamburgers it was because of serendipity, right? Like the fact that I just happened to be walking down the street, run into an old friend that happened to be in music that happened to bring me into this environment. Well, in many cases, that is missing in the digital you know, metaverse online world. Now, I think NFTs have, have a, a very uh, unique place in this whole um, serendipity conversation because you know it allows people to find and discover projects based on like passions and values, not just like who we are and our backgrounds, right? Like it's why like Facebook to me has always been a network and it's nothing more than a network, right? You don't like discover new people that you're like, oh my God, these are my people on Facebook because it has to be a friend of a friend. Like you only are connected with the people that are ultimately connected in your like sphere. But like if you love the same things I love, right? Like if you love underwater basket weaving and you love doing it in your socks, which is one of my favorite you know examples to use, there's ways to find those people. Now, the thing about this is we also have to recognize that there are a lot of physical limitations that people have, brands have, um, you know, different people, different ages, backgrounds have, that we can actually remove from being a limitation in this, you know, this metaverse, right? And um, I know that, you know, a lot of my friends are uh, played Second Life, right? Second Life uh, was, you know, uh, one of those games that kind of emerged, I would say, early 2000s. Um, and I had a lot of friends that worked for me that were big into Second Life. And it allowed you to kind of create, you know, an environment, a community, and like kind of reinvent yourself in many ways uh, and live in this, you know, in this virtual space. And for those that were in um, you know, wheelchairs or had physical, um, you know, things that they, they, they were dealing with, they were able to interact and, you know, achieve things and, and get like the emotional um, feelings that maybe their, their, their physical body or their physical uh, limitations weren't going to allow them. And I think that's a beautiful thing, right? And I will say at a much bigger, man, this is where I get a little bit, um, this might come across, not fluffy, but uh, it might come across a little woo-woo, and I'm okay with that because sometimes I am a little bit woo-woo. I'm not a lot woo-woo. I'm a little woo-woo. But like I really, like I, I, the North Star for me is really just the idea that like I, I don't believe we as humans in this world should have to feel lonely or alone or feel as though like nobody is there for us or that nobody is willing to listen to us. And I know that might sound like very like, you know, 
peace, love, and you know, eliminate war and eliminate hunger. But what I mean by that is, as a generation, we've become more connected than we've ever been before. But we are also more alone or feel more alone than we've ever been before. And there's a lot of things that kind of go into that, right? Like the idea of a grass is green. When I grew up in Pittsburgh, the grass was only green in Pittsburgh. I didn't know what was going on in any other place other than Pittsburgh because there wasn't the internet. There wasn't like, I didn't have like the news. I didn't travel outside of Pittsburgh. But then all of a sudden, like we moved to Virginia Beach and I was like, what in the heck is going on in this area, right? And all of a sudden we started becoming more connected, right? We started to know what's going on elsewhere. And in some cases, that's a great thing. In other cases, we, we lost the ability to appreciate what we have because we knew others had something more that we wanted in, in, in some cases. But what I really look at like this metaverse is that A, it's going to allow us as humans to spend more time as humans doing the things that we love and the things that we are innately you know, built to do. I also believe it's going to allow our connections and our ability through artificial intelligence, through, um, you know, let's just say 5G and edge technology, through the internet of things, and through truly this like idea that no matter where you are in the world, uh, our ability to connect and find our people will exist. And I, I just love the idea that for me, if I had to look at it and say, what would, what would be a metric that we could measure that I would say like the, that would make the metaverse um, like what would be success look like? And, and trigger warning, this might be a little bit triggering for some people that have had to um, deal with um, those that are, have uh, lost a, a loved one. Um, and so um, I just want to say that just in case you want to stop the podcast here uh, for a trigger warning. But I, I just want to say like the thing that I want to measure the metaverse against is like if I believe if we do this right and we're able to kind of like move into this decentralized, not fully decentralized world, but a, a more decentralized world. And the idea that we are able to give us as individuals the ownership of our data and our and how we share data and where we are connected and how we show up. The metric that I believe is that I believe like suicide rates should go down. I believe if we look at the world as a whole, people, sh- we should be able to identify like mental uh, health triggers. We should be able to uh, help people that are that are going through certain things, and we know based on going through those certain things that that there's a high likelihood for these other things to happen. And we should be able to put them in in connection with those resources and those not waiting for them to do it on their own, not waiting for them to get their next paycheck, or not waiting for them to go to their you know wherever they need to go. But we should be able to connect those things without us even having to realize it, right? Like the, the beauty to me in the metaverse is that the internet right now does not do a great job of giving us what we want that we don't even know we want, right? Like, like it's so funny for me, like I, I said this before, but like, like I love the Snapchat glasses, right? Because I don't have to take a photo with my phone. I just click a button on the top of my glasses and it'll take a photo and the photo are amazing, like high definition photos. And so when I'm with my daughters and I have, like, I'm holding both of my daughter's hands, I can actually take a photo with my, my glasses. The funny part about it is that it doesn't accept voice commands. So like I still have to like have a hand free to touch the button. So in a way it's cool because it's on my face and I don't have to have my phone. But at the same time, it would be really cool if it actually was built in a way that enabled, like truly enabled my life in a better way. And this can go to everything, right? Like right now, when you think about a lot of the mundane tasks that we do, 
it requires a lot of things like memory and a lot of things that a lot of us are not great at. And I will, I will tell you like, I, you know, ADHD impacts every minute of my life, every minute of every day, everything from rejection, sensitivity to dysphoria that I struggle with. Um, when like, I don't, I don't want to let people down. I also struggle with, you know, short-term memory. I also struggle with like regulating my focus. I often um, will take very small tasks and I will allow them to build up and, and not accomplish them and, and they become something that is like over, overwhelming for me. Um, I forget things that are massively priorities to me, but not because I want to forget them, but just because my brain was literally not built, does not run in a way that allows me to, to kind of memor- remember those things. And so for me, in this metaverse world, I will be able to create an environment around me that allows my neurodiversity to be the world that I create, not trying to force people to do things my way and me not being forced to do things only in, in the way of those that are, are, uh, are not neuro, are neurotypical, right? Those that their brains work in the, in, the, in the typical way a brain works. And that can go for everything, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like the amount of times that I put laundry in and this is the, you know, this is the crazy thing, right? Like I'll put laundry in and I will, I will know that I will forget about it, right? So I will put an alarm on my phone. I don't know how many, how many of you guys do this, but then I will also know that oftentimes I will be doing something, the alarm will go off and I'll just hit turn off and then I won't get up and do it right away and then I'll still forget. So then I'll have a sticky note. Well, then I have so many sticky notes that I don't even remember which ones are, were priority and, and I'm really bad at going back and like, okay, that sticky note was for this and I accomplished that. Let me throw that away, right? Um, and so like, it's why like I create a lot of lists that I never go back and validate. I never go back and check things off my list. And not never, but it's something I struggle with. But imagine if in this metaverse, we're able that based on our actions, both in the physical world and in the digital world, that the world that we are immersing ourselves in starts to be able to learn, like these are things we struggle with, so how do we create the best environment around them so they don't forget that, right? Like, and that can go for everything from, you know, like how do we get, you know, I think it's ridiculous, like our, our refrigerators should be smarter than they are, right? Like our refrigerators, everything can connect to the internet, and I put the milk on the same shelf every single time. My refrigerator should be smart enough to know that the milk, the two guys, and I love milk. I'm a big milk fan. It does a body good. For those that don't get that, you're probably too young from that, from that marketing uh, slogan. But the refrigerator should know that when, the, that, when the, that shelf has something on it but it does not weigh a certain amount, it should trigger my phone and my Instacart to say Brian should be ordering milk. But instead, I can order things from my phone my refrigerator can be connected to the internet, yet I still have to go into my refrigerator and say, what is the things that I'm missing? And I often buy duplicates and such. So when I look at the metaverse, like that's where my head goes, right? Like the idea where imagine the amount of brain power we will get to, to stop having to utilize if a lot of these like memorized tasks, a lot of these mundane things are able to be replaced, removed, or, or at least streamlined in a way that helps us as a whole, right? Like, you know, everything from our morning routine, right? Like if you're someone that has a very strict morning routine, we should be able to create, you know, using technology, things around your morning routine 
that also help you to do even better and be more productive and be more dialed in. And so that's where I'm going at when I think about this metaverse, right? The metaverse to me, and I do believe that without crypto, without the NFTs, metaverse would not be where it's at today, right? Like a lot of people, we were having this argument uh, and my good buddy Gregarious was saying like, you know, he doesn't believe the two are, are ultimately connected, right? Like Web3 and the metaverse technically don't have to be connected. I, I slightly like argue against that a little bit because I look at it and say the, the metaverse-like things that existed only, listed, only existed in the gaming space because they were still siloed and they were still not able to, to be integrated into our real-world life in a way that people could actually see it making sense, right? Like, like, just like simple things, like look at our cars today, right? Like, not my car. I drive a Jeep Wrangler. I have an older Jeep uh, that I drive, but I know newer cars that I've been in. Um, you like, you don't have to put your key in the ignition. Like, we know that the key turning the ignition, like, if, we, if the person has the keys on them, and their foot is on the pedal, that is enough signaling to the car that this is the person that, that wants to turn on the car and we, we click the button, right? So like, now we don't have to take our keys out of our pocket. We can actually start the car without our keys. But like, what about like beyond that, right? Like, what, how, like shouldn't our cars be even smart enough to know like how we're feeling? What are the things that are going on to know like the temperature control, to know the, the road, the, the best map to give us? Like, don't make me decide, should I take more f- highways or less highways, like shouldn't we figure that out based on like, okay, based on all of the other data that we have, because let's face it, like I, I upload my Apple Watch data to my doctor, right? My doctor at Kaiser Permanente, I signed like a hundred release forms because I, I used to laugh when they were like, Brian, we need you to do a sleep journal. <laughs> I was like, sleep journal? I mean, I, I can put a notepad next to my desk or next to my bed, Um but the, the likelihood of me logging something in there at night and in the morning and how I feel and being able to track like my sleep is um, slim to none going to happen. But guess what? I sleep with my Apple Watch on and my Apple Watch is actually able to give my doctor way more information about my REM sleep, about my, you know, my, my steps, about, you know, standing or sitting, my heart rates. All of this information is now able to be provided to my doctor. And so my doctor, rather than having to guess based on my very bad interpretation of, she's like, have you been sleeping well? Yeah, I sleep well, like four to five hours. And the doctor's like, what? You only sleep four to five hours? I'm like, yeah, but I've always been that way. The doctor's gonna be like, okay, now I have to guess. When in today's day and age, when I tell the doctor, this is the real life, right? Like my doctor knows I sleep four to five hours on average total. And she can actually tell based on my Apple Watch data that I upload, how much of that is REM sleep? What are the, like, the, some of the exterminating uh, factors? We can see when my heart rate gets ab- above a certain uh, amount or even like you know, everything from you know, intake. And, and we're even now like, including some of the other things that we can uh, with the data points. And, so, and I know this can sound very like, intrusive, but here's the thing. Like, our bodies as humans are really the one thing that we only get one of, yet we, spend a lot le- we don't spend enough time optimizing it we spend all of our time optimizing all the things that we use that can be replaced. But like we get one brain. There's only one, right? We don't get to redo our brain. We don't get to a, a do-over. So why are we not finding ways to take all the things that our brain is telling our body and allow that information to now be integrated in the rest of our lives so that we can improve our day-to-day lives, right? I, 
I am full. I am like so bullish on that. Like I, I like I want to learn different languages, but I don't want to spend time learning them. I want to be able to communicate in different languages, but I don't want to spend the time learning them. Like if you, if there, whoever is the inventor of the chip, and this is what I believe will happen. You know, maybe in my lifetime, but I know in my daughter's lifetime, I'll be able to put a chip either in my arm somewhere, right? Or I'll be able to inject something that will signal to my brain that like when I'm saying certain words, I can actually say them in other languages. And I'm, I'm willing to sign up to be one of those trial, right? Because uh, I don't like being the ignorant American that struggles to speak like English, let alone other languages. But that's a barrier for oftentimes communicating with those that don't speak English. And why wouldn't we use technology in a way that helped like signal or trick or, or, you know, or, or train our brains to where we don't even have to spend the time learning all of those languages. It can be programmed to where we, we will communicate the way that we want to, and it'll, it'll be able to be you know, consumed in a way that is, is best for all, pe- all parties involved. And so that's where my head is going. It's also why I haven't spent a lot of money on like the, the land in the metaverse, right? Because I believe land in the metaverse is kind of like that first like true asset that you feel like you can wrap your hands around, like from an ownership perspective. But I actually think even the land, like people talk about like, oh, like I want land next to Snoop Dogg um, in the metaverse. Well, the question should be like proximity is a physical world necessity, but proximity is not a metaverse necessity. Like it shouldn't actually matter where my land is in all intents and purposes, because if the metaverse is being leveraged the correct way, I'm going to be able to go where I need to go or go where I want to go or go where like everything is kind of leading me to without it having to be in proximity because proximity is really just kind of like a physical restraint, right? Like, like I want to be able to go to the beach today. I can't go to the beach because my house is four hours from the beach, right? Like, but in the metaverse world, if I want to go to the beach and sit on the beach and listen to the, the ocean, I don't have to be next to the ocean in the metaverse, right? I can simply say I want to go to the, the beach in the metaverse and I'm there. And so that's where I really focus my conversations on is how can we reimagine a future? How can we reimagine a world that isn't the world that, that is, isn't taking like offline problems and putting them online, rather kind of reimagining them altogether? And so with that, I'm, I, I'm also going to give everyone who's listening, if you made it this far, um, you know, those that are looking for their proof of podcast, which is our pop, which, you know, for those that aren't familiar with it, we, we give you um, a couple keywords, uh, secret words uh, each month. And if you're able to get four of them in the first 36 hours of the podcast and put them in on our website, we are going to uh, airdrop you uh, an NFT and we're going to um, give you some other perks and, and things. And we're going to reward people that are doing it month on month. And so um, the last word uh, for um, for or actually, yeah, the last word for March uh, in our pop is mint, M-I-N-T, mint like the mints on your pillow or mint like you're buying uh, you put the first uh, you know time an NFT is entered onto the blockchain is when it is minted. Um, you can mint an NFT um, as a creator, but you can also buy NFTs where you are minting it because you're the first one buying it from the collection and the collection of that generative art is like you're the original minter, right? And so mint can kind of get a little bit confusing, but for today's word on Popstar, the pop is a, is mint. And I'll just leave you, you know, with this is like, don't let the vernacular, the words, the things like this unknown prevent you from taking time 
to reimagining problems and scenarios that don't have today's limitations on it. It's so much like, you know, I think there's so many people that are great speakers on stages that suck on YouTube. There are amazing YouTubers that suck on physical stage. Why is that? Because the things that they are used to, their container, their safe spaces, they don't, they don't do a great job of emulating that on the new medium, right? Like I, I, for one, like when I'm training a keynote speaker to be better on video, we work through, we go through and say, okay, what are, what are your routines on, on the physical stage? What, what, what about the physical stage? And then we, we don't try to just do the same thing online. We try to, okay, now what would those look like in this digital virtual arena? And for me, like that is like such the, the mindset for the metaverse is it's not about taking web two problems and solving them with web three solutions. It's about identifying web two problems, reimagining that, like that, how that problem exists in web three and then solving it in ways that don't use the limitations of web two. With that being said, uh, appreciate everyone for listening to this uh, today's episode. You know, as always, we are super powered by the ADHD coin at Rally. You can check it out at ADHDcoin.com. Uh, uh, remember, this is a creator economy, uh, so it's not about buying those coins and sending them to me. Um, it's actually about you holding those coins. Uh, together, we all grow. The more people that are holding coins, the more value that coin has, the more utility that you have, and together... We are going, we are growing and uh, I just thank everyone. Hopefully you're going to grow with me into the metaverse and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And for those that have been begging or knocking at my door saying, Brian, when are you going to address this topic head on? I hope you're satisfied. You're probably not. You probably have a lot, lot more questions. Drop your questions to me on social, any of the social channels, I social fans. And until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great one. Cheers. Show